Welcome back to the I Don't Know But Podcast with your host Angel and Imani. Presented to you by our Heavenly Father, aka the Big G-O-T. Welcome to our Bible study series. Yes. So Angel says she tired. Yes. And her energy is low. <laughs> and my energy has been low because we've been trying to do this for the past three weeks. So this is telling me that this is something that needs to be done. Because anytime we're being fought like this, there's mm-hmm. a message that needs to go out. The devil trying to, to the knock world. us down. Like, you can't knock us down. Like, you really thought you could knock us down? No. And then you got my son yeah, screaming on his screaming. game. And that's not easy, you know, when you're trying to record a podcast to be listening to All the someone noises. screaming on their game. So hopefully we can get through this podcast and this Bible study without interruption and with that we're going to pray father god our heavenly father our protector our provider we thank you as always for being there for us and guiding us through this journey of life we ask today that as we read your word that you provide clarity and clear guidance into what it is that we all should receive and we ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we are going to start this Bible study off in Genesis. <laughs> the goal is to get through the Bible. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to take a year. Yeah, it might take two time. Who knows? But we're going to let God lead us on this. And hopefully we'll have some um, guests come on with us as time goes on. To give their input. Disclaimer. We don't know everything. Neither Angel or I have a degree in divinity or are pastors or anything of that Not nature. Not studying philosophy. However, I know that my children were raised in the church. And for the most part, I was raised going to church. And I have a spirituality that I have built over my lifetime and Angel... Love the Lord. <laughs> so um, we're gonna we're gonna start with that. No judgment zones here. Yeah. I have the new international version. And I got the NLT. Which is the new, new living, living translation. translation. And my Bible is a woman of faith study Bible. Mine's not a study <laughs> Bible. I need a study Bible, but we're working on that. This was my first Bible that I ever purchased for myself, so. Amen to that. So we're grateful that we can come and do our first Bible study together. Yeah. Because we've read verses and we've been to church together, but we've never done a Bible study together. So. Like. That's a blessing in itself. First of all, can you talk about how you never take notes? Why don't you take notes? Take notes for what? Like when you read the Bible, you don't take notes? You don't like write down like... No, I don't. Why? I write... I have a journal and I may write not necessarily notes from what I receive from the word, but prayer. I so may you write pray, prayer. You, you write your prayers down? Sometimes, yes. Because one of the things with journals, and I recommend everybody do it, is... When you write down your prayers or your wants or your needs or just being grateful, doesn't you don't always have to ask God 
for yeah. things. You can actually just say thank you. Literally, that's what I do. <laughs> just say time. thank you sometimes because just as any parent, you know, when your kids are asking and asking and asking and asking, some days we don't want to be asked. Some days we just want to be loved and we just want to be thanked. And that's enough for us. And I suggest that everybody try to do that with their Heavenly Father. So with my journal, sometimes that's what I'll do. But no, I don't really write notes. I mean, if I'm at church or something, I may write some notes if the pastor, you know, said something that resonated with me. But as far as like reading the Bible and writing notes, no. I do like the the soap uh, version. Okay, what that is is, so you write the scripture and then you write your observation of the scripture. Then you apply it and then you pray. So... Okay. So that's the SOAP version. Yeah. S stands for the scripture. Scripture. O, o stands, stands for, for your observation, observation of the scripture. A stands for how you're going to apply the, the scripture. scripture. And P stands for praying over, over the scripture yeah. or over what you've learned. That's good. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of SOAP. The SOAP <laughs> method. Yeah. That's different. Where'd you learn that at? TikTok. Oh. Well, you know what? <laughs> TikTok has an answer for everything. I can tell you that. Yep. You're teaching me a lot. Yeah. So we're going to start off um, in the New Living Translation with Genesis 1 because everything has a beginning. Okay. And so what does God (laughs) say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Do you want me to like stop in between? Continue. Okay. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And everything passed more, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And, and that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the heaven, I mean, of the earth from the waters of the heavens. So let's talk about that. So that <laughs> the first day God created what I would consider the sun and the moon. So you had your light and you had your darkness. Mm-hmm. But we all know that even in darkness, God guides yeah. us yeah. with light. He is the light. So and if you want to, you know, put that into layman's terms... The moonlight outside, you know, brightens the darkness and God is the moonlight. And then it says that he created the waters and he separated the water from the water. Is that what yours says? That's what mine says. Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from the, of the heavens and the earth of the, the waters of the earth. So the waters between the... The only thing I can think of with that is the clouds because the clouds do hold water and that's kind of separating the earth and the heaven. That's interesting. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Let there there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. Right. Because we know that that is not the oceans because he goes into that later on down the, you know, the scriptures. So 
I'm going to, I would say that's the clouds. But let's continue. Okay, where was I? Um, And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And an evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and trees and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. They came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and the trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good and evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. So that's the moon and the, the sun. Okay. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and everything living, and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water. And every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fifth day. Okay, so God created everything that mankind would need to survive in five days. Yep. Continue. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, and small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then so, so on the sixth day, after he created everything that mankind would need, God created animals? mankind, male and female. So let's 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 talk about that because... This is the exact scripture verse 
that I read that made me want to do this Bible study. And I talked to Angel after I read it. Because one of two things. I do not ever remember reading that as a child. Um, as far as the male and female on the sixth day. So I um I read this a few weeks ago and I noticed that it's not something that I recall reading. And I wanted to kind of focus on that particular scripture. What, read it again. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Who was God talking about on the sixth day? Now, some people will say he was talking about Adam and Eve. I mean, that would make sense, though. And why? Why would that because make sense? Because they're male and female. They are. And they, he is a male and she's a female. Okay. So he created male and female who were Adam and Eve on the sixth day. Yeah. Just those two people. I mean, no, because there obviously there's probably well. He it says he, it says so. God created human beings in His own image. So that means He created m- multiple people. There's already people. You know, He's already created people. You know. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Were there other human beings created? Obviously, because then outside of Adam and Eve. Yes, because. If there weren't, then how would we have, like, how would people have babies? Like, how would, how would they be able to, um, what's the word? Procreate. Procreate. If there was well, some people else there. think that Adam no. and Eve started no all of human mankind, right? <laughs> so Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. But where, the, but where did the female Abel getting married to? Well, right. Where did the females come but then some people will say, well, they can't, the Bible is not able to get into every single child that Adam and Eve had. So there's a possibility that they did have daughters. But I don't recall reading anything in the Bible that said that they had daughters. Now, we haven't gotten there yet. So maybe they did have daughters and I just don't recall it because, you know, we already talked about my recollection of things as I'm getting older but I just thought it was very interesting that that particular verse stated he created male and female on the sixth day but anyway let's continue then God blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky and all the animals scurry that scurry along the ground Then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees of your food, I mean, for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And this is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good and Evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. That's the end of of the first, first chapter. chapter. Okay. So God <laughs> created everything underneath the sun in six days. And on the seventh day, 
God rested, as we all should, in some shape, form, or fashion, weekly. You, whatever day you want to rest. Some, <laughs> some days, some people consider that the seventh day, the Sabbath day, a Saturday. You know, some religions consider it that. Um, some people go to church on Sunday. Some people a Friday, um, you know, some de- depending on the denomination. But the fact is we all should rest Yep. at least one day. Continue. Oh, so you're not going to read a second? Okay. Oh, you want me to do it? Okay, so I'm reading out of the um, NIV now. Chapter 2 of Genesis. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, And no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, this is interesting to me. Because in the first chapter, he created male and female, but now he's creating Adam. What do you have to say about that? Um, What do you mean? Like, you don't see how these are two separate events, or do you think it's the same event? I think he's going more into detail about what he did before. Okay, so you think he's just separating out the sixth day into a different chapter? So you're saying he's going into more detail of how he created of how he, he created, created male and female. So he's separating in chapter two his sixth day. Yeah, I guess it's a, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> just continue. I mean, I'm trying to get some feedback on what do you think? Because I think these are two separate occasions. I think he created male and female, and he's going into the story of Adam and Eve because he has to let us know how sin was created. He picked two two individuals to discuss that part. I already think there were more than Adam and Eve on Earth. I mean, we know Earth. there's more than just Adam and Eve at this point because if he said he created human beings in his own image and then it says he created male and female, then he obviously created multiple people. They just not discussed right now because they're not that. Right. But but I guess what I'm trying to say is, and this is for me, I don't know about anybody else out there listening to the podcast, but growing up, Adam and Eve were the first and only humans on earth that I knew of the way they taught us in school in Bible school and Bible, you know, Bible study. Adam and Eve were the only humans that existed I thought Adam and Eve were the only humans that sinned. They were the first humans to sin. Okay, so you your generation learned something different than my generation did. My generation learned that Adam and Eve were the only, or not the only, 
Well, yeah, they're only and the first two human beings on Earth. But in a way that wouldn't make sense either. Because when, well, we'll get into it, but when they talk about how once Adam and Eve sinned, you know, the, the curse that he placed on, on women. But we'll talk about that as we go along. Okay. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic, resin, and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Why do you think God didn't want man to eat from the tree of good and evil? Like, what is so bad, I would say, about knowing good versus evil for humankind, for mankind to know good versus evil? Why did God want to keep that away from us? Because he didn't want us to experience like harm and evil is not like I want to explain this why would good give or give you an experience of harm it wouldn't I mean evil not so why didn't God say I don't want you to eat from the tree because I don't want you to know evil and not good and evil what is it so significant about the good and evil that God didn't want us to know about in your opinion what do you mean like so God's saying I don't want you to eat this food it's portrayed as an apple in mm -hmm. you know history I don't want you to eat this apple because if you eat this apple you will have knowledge of good and evil why would God want to keep us from good I can understand wanting to keep us from evil but why would God want to keep us from good, in your opinion? I don't think he necessarily wanted to keep us from good, though. What because that's all they know, right, at that point. Because they are they were made in his image, so they're, they're, they're perfect. They don't know anything else other than good. So why do you think he said good? Because the two can't coexist. Good and evil can't coexist? Like, they don't work together. They don't work, well, they don't work together. Elaborate. Like? Like, we know on Earth there are opposites to everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you have good and evil or good and bad. You have up and down. You have in and out. You have yin and yang. You know, you have everything that's that has an inverse reaction, relation, or whatever. 
my curiosity, and I think I don't ever remember even thinking like this, but, you know, as you get older, you, you start to think a little differently. But my curiosity is why did God not want them to know good and evil? You don't have any notes on that one? No, because I don't, I don't know. What, like, I don't understand why that's curiosity for you. You don't understand? No. Because why would God want to keep you from knowing good? You don't, you never thought, I mean, I never really thought about it either. I kind of glossed over it. But as I'm getting older, I I want to know why. That's like me saying, Angel, I don't, as as the parent to you, I don't want you to know good. I can see not wanting you to know evil, but I don't want you to know good. Why would I not want you to know good? What is it about good that... But don't they already know good? I don't know that they know anything, honestly. Like... What they know already, isn't that what's best for them? But I don't know what they know. Like, that's one thing the Bible doesn't go into. What When he created Adam, apparently Adam was... What does your study note say? It doesn't talk about that. But I'll read it. When he creates Adam, it does not say that Adam was knowledgeable in certain things. We assume Adam was an adult when he was created. Um, but I don't know if that's the right assumption to make either because it doesn't really go into that as well. But these are the kind of questions that maybe a Concordian or you know, some type of um, Jesuit book could go, could expand on. The knowledge of good and evil. He didn't, he didn't want them to know that. Can I do research real fast? Sure. While you're doing that, I'm going to read. Because um, my study Bible has little notes on the side. And it's, it talks about Genesis 2. And it says, Eve, which we didn't get into yet. But it says, Eve is distinctive from all the other creatures God made, including Adam. The birds, animals... And Adam are created out of the ground or from dust. But Eve is formed from a part of Adam. The special link between these two shows how God established them to intricately relate to one another. Today, a person can donate an organ that another person might live. And we even transfer bone marrow from one individual to another. But the transplant God conducts is much more than a physical sharing. It creates a bond between man and woman that is intended to be emotional, spiritual, and intellectual. That is why the story of Eve's creation is followed by the proclamation. For this reason, because they are made of the same flesh and of the same bone, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So let's go back up to Genesis chapter 2, where I left off, verse 10. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. 
So that's the, that's one of the first things God described. Well, he, he described, described everything. He described what he created as good, but as far as like what they would see, you know, this is this is one of the things he described after creating um Adam. So, the gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. That's the first time we hear God say something is not good. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. That is one of the, I guess, most recognized verses for marriage is the, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Because we know the male species has a hard time <laughs> leaving their parents <laughs> when they get married. What did you find? <clears throat> I mean, I can read it. Okay. It says, it is vital to know the context of God's statement. God had already told Adam not to eat from this tree. Adam was already aware that doing so was wrong, and he knew the consequences, yet he chose to join Eve in eating the fruit. When they ate, they, they were not simply aware of evil. They experienced evil to the extent that they became evil sinners by nature. Man knew what was good. He was created in goodness and was surrounded by it. He had, he had been given everything God wanted to ha him to have, including authority over all the rest of God's creation. Adam had everything he needed for a fulfilling life. He did not need to know evil, especially when the only way for him to know it was to experience it. It should have been enough that God had warned, warned Adam against disobedience. God did not want Adam to and Eve to know evil in the sense of participating in it. The sin of Adam and Eve was not in attaining knowledge, but in rejecting God's will in favor of their own. 
Okay. So basically what I'm hearing is it really had nothing to do with them knowing good and evil evil itself. But experiencing. But it really had nothing to do with good, period. It was just the experiencing of evil. Yeah. And because good and evil go together, hand you know, hand in hand, you can't really have one without the other, basically. And so I think I what I what I think and believe and what I'm getting in my spirit as we talk about this and as you um as you read that is God wanted us wanted to teach us obedience early on. Mm-hmm. You know understanding what you should and should not do and doing what you should and should not do is a form of obedience. And it does keep us out of harm's way. And, you know, especially as a parent, you tell your child, you know, this is not in your best interest or that is in your best interest and they go and do their own thing, you know, it's like you, you you have to learn your lessons, but this was God's first lesson in obedience. And I think that's truly the story of Adam and Eve and why he pointed them out out of all of the human beings that he created because he had to shed light on Obedience. I don't even know if it was sin now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, yes, it it's in the form the of sin. Of God, right? It did. But disobedience usually does go against, against the, the will of God. God. So at first I was like, oh, this, he, you know, it's a story to teach us, you know, we shouldn't sin. But it really is a story to teach us to be obedient. Let's continue. So this is chapter 2, verse 25. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now the serpent, this is chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And we all know in the images of growing up, the serpent was a snake, but probably wasn't a snake. But we call people snakes because (laughs) they usually are out to get us in some shape, form, or fashion. Anyway, so he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, that's interesting. What? Let me go back for a second. I'm not seeing where, Hmm? I don't see where God spoke to Eve alone. What do you mean? Because this is Adam speaking. Where? Where are you? I'm at... Chapter 3. Chapter 3? Chapter 2? No, I'm at chapter 3. You read chapter 3 already? I'm at. I'm on chapter 3. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. My my bad. What? I thought that was... I thought that was Adam asking. That's the no, serpent yeah. speaking. Mom. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's, when you read it, it runs all together. Uh-uh. Okay, so the serpent asked. Let's make that, let's make that clear. Uh, The serpent asked and said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? But that's what I was reading back for because I was trying to see where God said that. God said you may freely eat from 
You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the the tree of the of knowledge of good and evil. Where did he? Which that's that's what we're going. It's 16. no, I know, but what that's um sixteen of, of 16, chapter two. Yeah, but he was speaking to the man. Exactly. But the serpent is speaking to Eve. Yeah. I guess we're to assume that they became one. So. I guess we're to assume that Adam had this conversation with Eve. Because let's talk about this. If Adam never told Eve <laughs> that she's not supposed to do that, let's see. Let me let's continue because this is this is getting a little interesting. To so me. wait, 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 wait. Because she says, "Of course, we may not eat." After she, after he asked that question, he says, "She says, of course, we may not eat from the trees in the garden." The woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will, di- you will die. So, right, but God didn't directly say that to Eve. Yeah, but, but they became one when they got married. So I'm pretty sure they had that conversation. So well, that's what I'm saying. Adam must have told Eve that they can't eat because... But what I find interesting is if that is truly not the case, God spoke to Adam, but never spoke to Eve. And the serpent knew, in quotation marks, that God didn't speak to Eve. It would have been easier for him to get her to do it. Yeah. So he knew exactly... Who to... Of course he did. Go after. He always does. He just... He knew who... He knew exactly who to go after. Because... He knows he's going to fall. He's going to be weak. He knows that. I don't even know if it was a weak thing. I think it could be she didn't know. But she obviously said... she, She obviously said after he asked that question, he said, of course. Let's continue. Let's continue. So, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden... The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent says, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let's talk about that. God said mm-hmm. the reason he didn't want them to eat is because them eating would would make them like God. But they are already like God. Mm-hmm. So what is God really keeping them from outside of what you First of all, the devil said. is saying that. We got to we got to we got to pay attention to the fact that the devil is saying that that God is that God is trying to keep them from Look, okay. that's a good point. Look, that's a good point. It says God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's a good point, Angel. So, like, this ain't no regular person. This is the devil. That's that's a great point to make. That God never said He didn't want them to know good and evil because He didn't want them to be like God. That was the devil. That's taunting. how the devil be lying to us, right? <laughs> can we can we just talk about that? Talk about it, girl. He, he stay doing that. Talk he about be it. like, 
oh, like, like what I saw this TikTok and she was like, the devil, like, there's not saying that there's not truth to what he says, but I really need to find it. Okay, hold on. Because I want y'all to hear this because it makes sense and I can't really explain it. Okay. But I mean, that's the one thing that we do have to realize this was the devil putting this in our brain or in their brain, not our brain. I wasn't there, but this was the devil saying, if you eat of the fruit, you will have the same knowledge as God. And God does not want you to have that same knowledge. Who said that? This, this is what the devil said. I know, but I'm saying, who's, who told you that? Like, who, who made you imply that that's what God but think wanted? Of this, but think about how the devil works with us. He always tells us something we can't do. Mm-hmm. And it makes us want to do it more. Yeah. And so, in their minds, it's like, well, what you mean you don't want us to know good and evil? Just it's like I just like just yeah. like I questioned it. Why don't why don't you want me to know good and evil? Like what's wrong with me knowing good and evil? And it really is just the devil He's just tr- God is trying to protect us from the things that will uh, harm us like keep a, like mm-hmm. you know and the devil is just <laughs> so do you think too much knowledge can be harmful because that's basically what this is saying too much knowledge it depends on what it is though and what give me an example what 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 could too much knowledge where could too much knowledge be harmful in what case could too much knowledge be harmful so if you knew too much of something, <laughs> you didn't finish your sentence. No, I'm just saying, like, if you knew too much of something, where could that be harmful? Like, in what case could knowing too much of something be harmful? Like, I'll give you an example. Like a, I don't know. We probably would never eat half the food we eat That's if true. we knew how everything or how it was made or what went on, you know... Behind when I, the scenes. When I found out how hot dogs was made. <laughs> when I found out how hot dogs was made, I don't like hot dogs. Right. So. I mean, I don't think hot dogs are the most because have, my the healthiest teacher, thing for you. And but. my Spanish teacher in ninth grade, we was watching something on, I don't know how hot dogs are made. I don't know why we was watching it in Spanish class, but I think it was like the end of the year, so I don't know. Anyways, but. Like, when I figured that out, I was like, ew, what is this? Like, no, I don't want to eat that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's different foods, in, including vegetables, you know, with the horse manure around it. Cause ew. It, it helps. No, but because it helps things to grow. Like, if we knew how everything was made, was made that we intake or, in, uh, you know, ingest in our system, we would not want to eat that at all. But let's play with you. You wanted us to hear on TikTok. Some of us get into little paths of our walk with Christ, right? And you start to question a lot of things. And things start not to make sense. And you are questioning who God is. I'm talking about that path. What brings us to the question is, does the devil lie or does he imply? Hmm. So bad, y'all. It's so bad. Because in Genesis, when he came up to Eve and he said, oh, so you can't eat from this tree? I mean, no, we can eat from every tree in the garden besides this one right here. Hmm. Because we will surely die. Oh, you won't die, the serpent says. 
God knows you will become just like him, knowing things of good and evil. He lied, then implied. But people may not even think that he lied because he said you will not surely die because they weren't going to die that minute, but they were going to eventually die. But when he said, God knows that you will become just like him, knowing that of good and evil, it made her think. And you're wondering why, why in the heck would Eve and Adam sin against God when they had everything? But when the devil said that, she said, wait a second, there's more? And not only is there more, God is withholding it from me. God, I know, wait a second, you are a selfish God. And not only that, I cannot trust you, God. You are not what you said you are. You are not good. Eve, I felt. That's what I had when I went through the book of Job. And I said, God, you wanted to do this to show your supreme power? You, you put Job through this to show your supreme power that you are, you can do whatever you want at the tips of your fingers, at the tips of your hands. And God said, Leah, go back to the first chapter. It was never about my supreme power. It was about proving the devil wrong to know that I have faithful servants backing behind me. I said, God, because of what I read, I implied that he was not who he said he was. And that, that's why now I have firm faith in exactly what he said he is. Because if you think, oh, you know more than him. You are saying that the creator that created you, who gave you wisdom and understanding, you put your wisdom and understanding that he gave you higher than his, which cannot be. But back to the devil implying, we tend to question who God is based off what we think about God instead of what God has already said. And so God, if God in his word said that he is good and that he has unfailing love for us and that he wants blessings and overflow for us. And so when the devil tries to tell you that God don't want to look at you, you done did some stuff and he will never forgive you. But the Bible declares that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in my weakness. And so that God gets glory and power from me and my weak moments. That's whatever you may be weak in. Talking about some girl, you done stumbled. You can't get back up. I'm sorry, but the Bible declares the righteous may stumble <laughs> but they won't fall because the lord is holding their hand i'm sorry devil you what you're talking about is contradicting what the bible already says i believe in firm bible that's why it's so crucial to get into our word it's so crucial to know the bible because if you do not what he's telling you in this year you can't even spew out nothing about what the word says because you just don't know you have to know to be able to combat what he's saying and say, get thee behind me, Satan. You have no reign here. You have no dominion. I know what my God said. And you can't imply nor lie to me because I stand firm in what he said, period. So okay, so that was Leah Lorraine on TikTok. And it does make a lot of sense uh, what she's saying. You know, the devil does get in our ear. Um... I think it just, it really boils down to, do you trust God or do you not trust God? From what you know, factual, mm -hmm. not what you think, not what you believe, what you know, biblically factual, do you trust him? Now, this is only the third chapter. Right. <laughs> and like I said, on the first chapter, God gave mankind everything they would need to survive everything that they need so there would be no reason as to why adam or eve would distrust god no reason absolutely no reason it's not like uh, you know today's time where we just see so much going on and 
we have TV and social media and news and, you know, all this stuff just being dumped into our brains. They didn't have that back in the day. They had purity. They had blue skies and, and, you know, uh, stars and (laughs) animals, you know, looking like Bambi and fish in the sea and, you know, everything was perfect and pure. So what would cause them to distrust? Like, why did, why did the devil have so much power over them by this one statement? What? Like, I can see us because feeling shaky over a statement like this because of what we've seen, what we, what we were born into. We were born into sin. We were born into everything that's going on on this earth. These people had greatness. Mm -hmm. Why was it so easy for them to flip? Say it again. Why was it so easy for Adam and Eve to turn on God when all they knew was goodness? How can this serpent come to them and say, you won't, you won't die. You just, you're just going to learn more stuff. God doesn't want you to know this stuff. And for them to say, oh, you're right. Even though God has shown them nothing but goodness up until this point. Because they had curiosity. And I think a lot of times when you have curiosity, you want to know what's on the other side. You want to, you want to know what you don't know. Like you. And, And that's true for someone who was born into a world of curiosity. But these were, well, we, we've come to the fact to know that they're not the first humans, but maybe in their land or their area, they're the first humans. What would cause that curiosity? Like, where does that curiosity come from? I think because God told them not to do it. And then the devil is like, well, if you, like, like you'll gain more this, you'll gain more knowledge knowing, like, you'll be like God, but... So the curiosity comes from God saying, no. Yeah, and then wanting to know why, or like you know. Yeah, I mean, I do know. I know like, from yeah, from I right. know from a standpoint of a person being born into a sinful world. But from a standpoint of a person being born into an unsinful world, or experience where you're the first humans in in your area, or you know, however this plays out, they're the first you know, based on the, on, um, the Bible, why would they like, why couldn't they just trust that God said no? And that was it. Like, where does that sinful nature come from? Cause that's a sinful nature. I'm pretty sure that that's an internal sinful nature. Well, if, if good and evil is already here at this point, but they haven't acted on it or they haven't experienced it, then like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> I forgot what I was It's okay. It'll, it'll come to you. It'll probably come to you as we, we continue on. But these are like, these are some very interesting questions to ask. I'm sure um, it'll come to us. Yeah. It'll drop in our spirit. Someone will hear it, you know, it's... somewhere, YouTube, something. Somebody will explain. Why is it that... Eve had such curiosity when 
she was born without sin. She didn't sin until she ate. So she was born without sin. Everybody has choice in free will. So like maybe, I mean, I know there wasn't sin like in the world at the at this time. But mm-hmm. like, I don't even know. Maybe she was just curious because the, like the devil is, you can easily fall into his trap. And so like, especially if you're curious about something. Or you, or you question... You can. Question God's authority. But, like I said, this is from us as humans I now know, being born I can't born think of it sin. like that, how they would think of it. Because right. I don't know... Right. What... Like, I'm trying to see, like... At what point... Like, with an infant, right? Mm-hmm. An infant, yes, they were born into sin. But they don't know that. Mm-hmm. At what point in their life do they stop trusting their parent, that person that feeds them, bathes them, you know, uh, does their hair, clothes them, puts a roof over their head, you know, those are good, Mm -hmm. nurtures them, loves them, hugs them, you know, those things are good. At what point, because this is how I'm thinking of it, like they were infants, you know, I have to have my little analogies. Mm-hmm. They were in their infant stage and all they knew was good. Mm-hmm. As an infant, if you have the right parents that love you, all you know is good. But at some point, you're going to want to. Your parents don't are not good at some point. They're no longer that perfect parent. And something had to happen outside of just the serpent saying, God you know, wants you to know good of evil. He's just trying to, he don't want you to, you know, he doesn't want you to do this. He doesn't want you to do that. For her to have that curiosity without, because sin doesn't exist. It's like, what was it? What was it internally? Because it was her that had the curiosity because Eve is not, I'm not Eve. Adam is not having this conversation. Adam had to be, you know, persuaded by Eve to eat that apple or the fruit. <laughs> we know it as the apple. But I mean it's 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 good stuff. It's it's definitely something to think about. Um because I don't I I don't know if I ever take things at face value. I always feel like there's a deeper meaning. And like I said, she probably is the same way because maybe I really am a descendant of, of Eve. Oh my goodness. Aren't we all? Because I, I, I really do have to, like, no. But she was without Maybe sin. Maybe she just wanted to know for herself. But. And I know that, like. I feel like that only comes with knowing. I feel like wanting to know good and evil only comes with knowing good and evil. Before you knew of it, what would make you want to know it? That's the part I'm trying to figure out because there was no sin. Well, at some point we were all like that. We all, well, I don't know. But we were born into sin. I know. She wasn't. I couldn't even say outside influence because they're all perfect. No, so. <laughs> there's not, there was nothing. There was, there was no need that they had. Unless there was. And we just... They don't talk about it, you know. Maybe there was something that was missing. 
I don't know. That part, I don't know. I don't think there was something that was missing. Let's continue. So you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So now we're on chapter three, verse six. Mm -hmm. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then he, you know, I wonder if he, no, she told him, I wonder if she told, I wonder if she told Adam, this was the, that fruit that we weren't supposed to eat. I wonder if he she would, probably did. if he willingly, probably <laughs> if he willingly ate this food knowing this was from like, cause then at, at that point you just being disobedient, just, just out there, just doing whatever you want at that point, because like God already told you. No, and you went and did it anyways. But that's my point. That's what I'm trying to say. If you don't have sin, if there's no sin, where is she getting this attitude from? Where is she getting this attitude from? Is that what ribs produce? Do ribs produce attitude? Okay, you know what? <laughs> because where is she getting this attitude from that it's like, okay, I don't care what God said. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to tell my husband to do it. And my husband's going to listen to me. Where did all of that come from? And she hadn't even eaten it yet. I'm going to just keep saying the devil is very persuasive. Because I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Okay. So she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. And they realized they were naked. That's how it be though. Because mine says, it says... At that moment, mm -hmm. their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Right. So it's just like, after you do what you know you're not supposed to be doing, you always feel like... Ashamed. Ashamed. For doing it. Yeah, some people do. Those are the ones that have I mean, consciences. Yeah, but... <laughs> but... I feel like even those people, people do. Care. Even if it's later on in life, like, they'll, they, they come to terms with... It, it's, it's, it's behind closed doors. Yeah. You probably will never know it. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the, to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid. Mm -hmm. And he said, who told you that you were naked? <laughs> Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Can you imagine? I just love that. God already knew. He already knew. He just asked you because it's like, do you understand what you just did? Like, he, like you know? Well, apparently he did. Because they would not have hidden. I know, but it's just like. If they didn't. But just can you imagine if this didn't happen, we'd be walking around naked, and it just would just we just be. And they be naked. doing that on, in France, right, and on the beach. They do. <laughs> so so now he's 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 open. He understands. And he said, "Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from?" Verse twelve. The man said, "The woman you put here with me. <laughs> the woman you put." <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> the woman I said you, the woman you put the here woman. With me. I don't even know her. Right. He's like, nah, I'm blaming her. Mm-mm. I don't know. Harper, who that lady? I don't know that lady. And why would you just eat a piece of fruit that you know? Like Because I really do not believe that Eve said, Adam, this is from the tree right. of good and evil. Right. Eat this because I ate it. But like, why would you like knowing you should probably go check first? Because it's like no, but women can be very persuasive too. I know. So it makes me wonder. But it's like you're supposed to be the head. You're supposed to be the leader in that. So it's like, yeah, wouldn't you want to double check? The devil persuaded the woman. So it's like the woman has first knowledge of how to persuade the man. Because they were persuaded first. And I just think that has gone along in history up to today. We know how to persuade the man. I guess. Anyways. <laughs> we know we definitely know how to persuade the man. So Mom. Um the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. Now she blaming the serpent. <laughs> because based up here, she said she knew. That they wasn't supposed to eat. Right. And she... And the serpent deceived... See, deceive and persuade are two totally different words. Let's look up the definition of deceive. And then we're going to look up the definition of persuade. Because Eva sitting up here talking to God saying the serpent deceived her. What's the definition of deceive? Cause to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. So if God told you what it was, why would you believe that it was not true? Let's look up persuade. Cause someone to do something through through reasoning or argument. Right. So to me, this sounds more like persuasion than deceive. She wanted to make it seem like she didn't know. Right. <laughs> so she uses the word deceive. But she clearly knew in her own words. Right. She said, she said over here lying to right. me. How you lying to she, God? But God know. But she clearly knew in her own words that this was wrong. Sitting over here lying to God. The disrespect. And at this point, I don't even believe she was persuaded. I believe there was something inside of her which I cannot figure out. Maybe one day God will, you know, help me understand why is it that a sinless person, why would they question God? That that part I don't get. I can understand a sinful person or a person born into sin questioning, but I do not understand why. And and that was not deceit because she knew in advance and really it wasn't <laughs> persuasion. She over here. It really wasn't that. persuasion. It was something in her that needed to know why she like, what would really happen if she ate from this tree? She's just trying to test. Yeah, there's some, there was something in her. There was definitely something in her. So the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this. And so the Lord, I guess he said, you know what? Punishment. I'm going to believe what she said. And I'm a, and I'm a, you know, take it out on the serpent, because you have done this, cursed you are. Sorry, cursed are you, above all the livestock, 
and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and I guess this is where they get the snake, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Mm. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So that makes sense as to why they think it was a snake. To the woman, he said. It's my favorite part. Anyways. I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. Ooh, Lord, we all know those us women who have had children naturally, epidurals, it don't matter. Those contractions are serious. Ooh. I'm sorry, I was just reading the next part. But <laughs> I, I think they need to change that B, the childbearing to child rearing. Because growing up, y'all be causing pain too. Okay. <laughs> With pain, you will give birth to children. Mm-hmm. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny that that's that considered first of all. punishment. That is so funny to me that what? But you could- loving your husband, but him not loving you back, him ruling over you. Basically controlling you, being head of you, is punishment in God's term. I never looked at it like that. I don't see it as punishment, though. But this is what he's saying. Let's go back. To the woman, because now he's talking about punishment. Mm -hmm. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing slash rearing. Mm -hmm. Even though that's not in there. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. What do you What do you see that as? If you don't see that as a, a punishment, why would he I include mean, it, that? It is a punishment. But okay, but, but you don't see it as a punishment. Why? Because if you don't mind the man ruling over yeah, you, yeah, I don't mind it. I'm like I'm submissive, so I feel like I don't really, yeah, I don't really mind. That part. So Angel, the person who says she's stubborn and she gonna do what she wanna do. But when I'm in a relationship, is is submissive. I am when I am when I'm in a relationship. I am submissive. I want to cater to you. I want to do those things. I want to take care of you. I want to nurture you like that. No, but do you understand what ruling over someone means? That's what you want to do. But if he says, if he tells you, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. It depends on what it is. No, it's not depends. It depends on that, what it is. This, this, this is not how this works. It depends on what this it is. is not, this is what I'm saying. It depends on what you're asking That's where do. punishment comes in at. When somebody's telling you what to do, that's punishment. When you want to do it, that's not punishment. God is saying, you're going to love your husband, but he's going to tell you what to do. Whether you want to do it or not. That's a different thought process. That's a different reality. You understand that? Mm-hmm. So is it so that's a good thing now? Because you submissive? I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... I mean, no, it's not a good thing, but like... You feel like you'll be okay with it either way? I think I'll way? be okay with it just because like... So he say, you getting up out of sleep mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock every morning to cook my breakfast... 
and have everything prepared for me, ready for me to walk out the door to go to work. And mm-hmm. you're going to have my bath water. <laughs> you're going to have my dinner cooked. If that catered to his needs, then yes. Okay, so let's talk about something that you don't want to do. Okay. What's something that you wouldn't want to do? I don't know. If Let me it... see. Me knowing you, what wouldn't you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you wouldn't want to do. Because I don't say no to a lot of stuff. I complain, maybe, but I don't say no. Okay, y'all. I complain, but I'll do it. We're going to speak the truth during Bible study. What? I'm so true. Angel does say no. She will do a lot of stuff. I will give her that. She knows my love language is quality time and acts of service. So there are a lot of things she will do, but there are a lot of things she will say no mom to. Even though I'll be wanting it. That's but it's okay. You ask. That's when you you're always just... No, that's just when you don't want to do it. And there will be times in your relationship or your marriage I know that. where he is going to tell you what to do and you're not going to want to do it. And that is what God considers punishment over the woman for eating this apple or fruit from the tree of good and evil. Let's continue. Okay. <laughs> Chapter 3 verse 17. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. So it's not that food ain't going to come easy no more. All the the goodness that God gave them before they ate is not going to come easy. He's saying you have to work for everything you get now. Yep. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> she did it to us. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, till you die. Wow. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. So this tells me that had they not eaten, there probably would be no death. Because think about when, it. When he talks about death, I don't think he means like literal death. Like obviously we're all going to die one day. No, I think that prior to them eating this fruit, they may not have ever died. People may have just lived. It may have been like heaven on earth. That's just my opinion. Not saying that that's true. But that's how I'm like kind of understanding it. But if you look at the Bible, and we will as we go along, people lived so much longer. You're talking about people lived like in the 900. nine until uh, nine hundred and right. and over. Right. You know, so I do believe that had they not eaten, they may have lived forever, or they definitely would have had longer than nine hundred years of life. That's a long time. But then Jesus wouldn't have even if the if the world was perfect, the whole entire time Jesus wouldn't have been. Like we would have known Jesus, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have happened the way it happened. Of course not. This is the whole reasoning for the story. I know. You know, to introduce sin, to introduce the concept of obedience and disobedience and the need for Jesus Christ to come as as human form on earth. All right, we're gonna finish up chapter three and then we're gonna Ooh Chapter four. Next week, honey. That's going to be a good one. Adam named his wife Eve 
because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and, cl and clothed them. So God did that. Wow. Yep. So it wasn't like they had to kill the animals and sew, sew the stuff together. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us. Mm. So, let's, okay. So the devil wasn't lying. The devil wasn't lying to Eve. Let's, let's, let's continue. The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Because he was going to live forever. Mm. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken after he drove the man out. He placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim, which we know to be little angels, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So this answered our question that we had. The devil wasn't lying to them. The devil was telling the truth. Well, okay, just like the lady said, we're not going to say the devil was telling the truth, but the, infer the inference came with the fact that he stated to her, God didn't want them to know the truth. Which goes back to why didn't God want them to know the truth about good and evil? Which goes back to <laughs> because he didn't want them to feel this pain. That comes with it. But he's the one that gave them the pain. Because there's going to be consequences for your actions. Because of disobedience. So it really trickles down to God wanted to see what their obedience would be like. Because we really true do we really true do. We really do truly have the ability to make our own choices. Yep. God did not create robots. Exactly. But because of those choices, some of those choices, you're gonna have consequences for some of those choices. Like Well now you will. Yeah. Absolutely. It didn't have to be that way. Because God is God. He didn't have to do that. But I think this is the story to let us know that obedience is key. Yeah. This is that story for that. It's not even really about sin, sinning and, and sin. It's about obedience to God. And I don't even want to say obedience to his word. Obedience to God. To who he is and to what he what he's done. done and created and stuff like that. So let's read what this says. It says the curse. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God, creation, which had been orderly and without blemish, becomes disorderly and flawed. Eve will experience pain in childbirth and her desire will be for her husband. In the Hebrew language, the word desire encompasses much more than the idea of longing. The entire soul or essence of the person is involved. So, Y'all want to know why women gets crazy. <laughs> God put the curse on us. That's why women gets crazy over their man. It don't just be desire. It's like, we can, yeah. the snap is real. <laughs> it's real. The entire solar essence of the person is involved. Therefore, the passage suggests that Eve's sense of herself, emotionally and physically, will become dependent on her husband. 
That's deep. That's deep for me. Read that again. The entire soul or essence of the person is involved. Therefore, this passage suggests that Eve's sense of herself emotionally and physically will become dependent on her husband. So all of this, oh my gosh, all of this, well, no, it's not the turmoil. It's like our whole existence for most women, I'm not going to say all women because some women have this under control, but we put a lot of ourselves into our relationships Yep. We give we give a lot of ourselves. We deal with a lot. We forgive a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep going through the same things over and, and over, over and, and over and over again. We're delusional. Yep. <laughs> we see red flags and we keep on going. Mm-hmm. And it was here. This is what this is what it is. Here we are trying to here we are as women going to therapy, trying to fix what we what we think is which you know I won't take that away. A lot of it does have does stem from childhood, our parents, you know the things that happened to us that were done to us in our childhood. But it's almost like if <clears throat> if you don't really have a relationship with God, you it's destined. It's like destined for us to go through this this emotional and physical turmoil with a man because it was a curse. It was a curse that was put on us. Yep. And that just shows us we need God. God is not somebody that we... Hold on. My thought. <laughs> it's okay. It happens to the best of us. But this desire, this strong desire to be with him, like, you know, for years I always wondered, like, why do I feel I have to have a partner, have to have a man? Like, my desire, you know, to be not to not be alone, to be in a relationship, you know, to be with someone regardless of how he treats me and and what he does and the things he says. Like, oh, I have to have one. I have to have one. Up until you know recently, where I'm like, I'm okay without one because. You know, I'm learning and my spirituality has grown, but it was, it, it, it was a curse. Yep. This was Eve's eating this, this apple and, and <laughs> blaming it on, on the serpent and talking about she was deceived or persuaded. Or, I this, was deceived. this was a curse. Yep. Wow. That's deep. I never even really looked at it like that. So it, it continues. We can't move properly without God. Not, well, you can't. You're not going to. You won't. You won't succeed in this life without him. Clearly, woman's subordinate position to man is reflected in ancient society. As with all the other curses, this is not an ideal state. We do all we can to ease childbirth pain, and we strive to make working and laboring as efficient and productive as possible. So, too, the ideal in a husband and wife relationship is not to live within the confines of the curse, but to live as the equals. God created the original pair to be. Wow. I'm just thinking about how much I learned tonight. Some things I never thought of. I just, you know, I, I don't I don't know that I really broke 
each verse down and to try to understand what each thing meant. I think what resonates with me the most is this desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. But I'm taking it as, I mean, I'm taking it as what it says, but it makes so much sense as to why women struggle in relationships with not feeling good enough, you know. Yeah. Um. Like, that's real. Yeah. It, it's a curse. It was the curse. Mm. Darn you, Eve. Uh-uh. It's <laughs> crazy. Wow. Well, that was good. Yeah. That was Genesis chapters 1 through 3 of the... NIV and the NLT that rhymed. <laughs> Next week's episode, you about to get y'all. Into we deep. get into Cain and Abel. I can't. I can't wait to see what I'm supposed to learn out of that. I learned some valuable stuff that I know I'm gonna take into my next relationships. That hopefully will help women now to kind of understand why we are dispositioned to be the way we are. And we're going to rock out continuing on with this Bible weekly. Wednesdays. What time are we loading it? 9? 8. 8, 9 p.m. Wednesdays, 8, 9 p.m. All right, so let's close this out with a word of prayer. You want to do the honors, <laughs> Angel? You want me to pray? I mean, I can pray or you can pray. It doesn't matter. You can pray well. <laughs> I'll pray next time. Okay. Father God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for clarity and understanding as we read your word this evening. We ask that you just continue to enlighten us as we go throughout our week and the things that we still question and we don't quite understand at this time, but we know that you will make things clearer for us. We add, we ask that the reading of your word as light to our situations and those who are listening. And we ask all these things and we thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to the I Don't Know But podcast. I'm so excited for this series. Follow us. Wednesday nights with the Bible series and, and our Thursday regular nights. podcast, Thursday night, 8 p.m., where podcasts are loaded, uploaded, yep. Apple Pod, Spotify, Amazon, what else? Po- YouTube. Podcast Index. It's, it's All the other ones. We're getting some more. Too. We're going to get some more. Yeah, we're going to upload some more. But we truly, truly, truly appreciate those who have listened to us. And we love y'all. We do love y'all. And we appreciate you. And we thank God as always. And Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Bye. Why am I always yelling? <laughs>